It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in. It's Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Hit me up on Instagram, IGJHood. Hit up the station, ESPN underscore Chicago for Instagram as well. We turn now to Ben Hartsock, who covers college football like a blanket for Series 6M Big Ten. He's a national champion with the Ohio State Buckeyes, and Ben joins me here on ESPN 1000. Every night we talk to you about the NFL draft and the Bears, and we turn to Ben now right here on ESPN 1000. Ben, as always, I appreciate your time. Tell me this, who was the best player that you saw this season in college football? Best college football player last year. I mean, the easy answer is Chase Young. Uh, I remember seeing footage of him from training camp last summer where he was going through some drills. And and maybe it was because he was wearing an Ohio State uniform and a practice uniform that I was so familiar with. Mm -hmm. It almost gave me chills watching him. He was hitting a sled and and just doing some athletic maneuvers just in practice that kind of made me shudder because he's a guy that, you know, the rush defensive end like him, but the, the guys that blocking tight ends like myself, that was, that was what I made, made my hay on every day. And dude, he was, he's just one of these guys that looks like a different species. I mean, I know he kind of re- refers to himself as the predator. Uh, and, and it's a pretty fitting term. I mean, these guys, these guys are so impressive. And so, so Chase Young is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, Simmons from, um, Clemson is the other. Uh, just these, this new breed, this new style of linebacker that we're seeing. That I called a couple of Clemson games this year, and uh, watching him and Brent Venables and the defense that, that Brent Venables was calling, having him up on the line of scrimmage and then at times drop into the deep third, the middle of the field. I mean, it was just amazing to watch this new style of uber athletic linebackers because during the early part of my playing career linebackers were guys like willie mcginnis guys like uh steve foley and and mike vrabel these guys were six foot five 270 pounds and they were just anvils their heads their heads were like sledgehammers and now we live in this era of linebackers it's kind of a renaissance and and luke keekley just just hung him up but he's that new guy that i was a teammate with that smaller 230 pounds athletic enough to cover backs out of the backfield and and uh, Simmons from from Clemson is that new breed and he I think he's another one that's going to stretch the envelope a little bit more because he almost is starting to look like a like a safety uh, even more so than a linebacker at this point. Ben as you take a look at the quarterbacks in this year's draft is there one quarterback in particular that you question on the next level? Who uh not sure I mean I I guess Herbert in the sense that in some big games, uh, he blinked a little bit. Um, watching uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, I know he's still a year away, but the, the moment got big for him uh, in, in that game against Clemson. It was such a great matchup to see Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow go head-to-head, and Trevor Lawrence is still a spectacular quarterback, but he blinked. And and that's when you look at Joe Burrow, uh, you know, who's who's just, I mean, rewritten the books here, just had a you know a, a movie movie script worthy twelve months for him. 
the greatest thing I like about him uh, is his ability to handle pressure, handle situations, and process information. Uh, I remember calling a Georgia game this earlier this season and and talking about Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm may not have the cannon, the 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 arm strength, the arm talent, however you want to quantify it, of some of these upper level guys, but but Jake Fromm is kind of like a Ryan Fitzpatrick in that Fitzpatrick is going to play 15 years in the NFL. A Josh McCown comes to mind as well. These guys that play long, successful NFL careers because mentally they can do it, but perhaps they don't have the ultimate super elite talent to thread the needle or make the deep ball, whatever those things may be. Jake Fromm is cut from that same kind of cloth. Yeah, I remember talking to James Coley, the former offensive coordinator for Georgia, during a pregame, and he says, you have to show up to install meetings. You as a coach had better have your stuff together because Jake Fromm will expose you. Now, he's too kind of a kid. He's such a good kid. He would never do it. But he will expose a coach that is not prepared to know what tendencies, pack, blitz pickup packages, blocking schemes. You have to be so far on it. So that, to me, as I look at the college to transition to pro quarterbacks, you're seeing NFL teams now implementing less processing required at the pro level, that used to be the big differentiators. Can you run a pro-style offense? Can you make the reads at the line of scrimmage? Now, with the advent of read option, now with the advent of RPOs, it's more decisions made from the sideline, easier reads. But the reality is the reason why Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady uh, and I think Joe Burrow falls into that processing power, I don't know comparing Joe Burrow's career, he hasn't had it yet, but I'm saying the ability to process information that, to me, is always going to trump athleticism. That's why Tom Brady's the greatest to ever do it, not the greatest athlete. He's not going to run a read option, but a read option can counteract the inability to process that information at the line of scrimmage. But if you can find a guy that can do it, you're going to win uh, as opposed to having that, that read option or that, that athletic style of quarterback play. National champion Ben Hartsock from Series 6M Big Ten Network with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. As a Georgia fan, as you well know, Ben Hartsock, I wish I wish Jake Fromm well out of the program. I wish him well moving forward because come on, man, that you know, you saw the kind of numbers you saw offensively in the SEC, and Jake was he was a a terrific game manager and was smart out there, but it just it just wasn't in the cards for him to be able to light up a, a defense like you see with Joe Burrow, Tua when he was healthy, and some of these other quarterbacks. He's solid, <clears throat> but just it just it, you saw that season last year that uh, that was bowling shoe ugly at times offensively. They were they were winners. But Jake was not a guy that's going to put up 40 points anytime well, soon. Well, so I talked basis. to Brian Greasy, and, and, and I'll push back a little bit because I sat in and watched film with Brian Greasy leading up to the game I called that, uh, that game. And, and Greasy was critical of, of Jake as well. Uh, you know, some of the, the footwork, some of the mechanics that Greasy would be better equipped to, to analyze than I. But the, uh, the shortcomings he had can be addressed. And it's you've got to kind of make a parallel to that. You can't fix you can't fix stupid, right? Like right. I remember there was a comedian that used to talk about I can you know I can take an ugly woman and make her pretty, but I can't fix stupid, right? Like <laughs> the, 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 you can't fix that with Jake Fromm, with the problems that Jake Fromm has can be can be corrected. Now is he ever going to be the, the, the illustration I give for quarterbacks? High school quarterbacks can hit a door. College quarterbacks can hit a doorknob. NFL quarterbacks need to hit a keyhole. 
I don't know that Jake Fromm's ever going to hit the keyhole, but he can fix and get closer to that target. But you can't coach what he has in the ability to stand in there, process information, know the, the checks at the line of scrimmage. He will thrive in those types of environments. And, and that's why I give him to uh, comparisons to guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown. Those guys are career 15, 10, 15-year pros not because they're the best at throwing the ball, but they're, they're leaders, they're managers, and, and when it comes down to it, you can't find 32 men on this planet that can hit the keyhole and throw and process the information like Drew Brees does. So you've got to decide, okay, am I going to go with, uh, uh, you know, maybe even debatably say a Ryan Tannehill or, or an Andy Dalton uh, that maybe aren't of that caliber of, of the true elite, or do you take the flip side of that and do you take – a Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray, do you take a, Ka- a Cam Newton, more athletic, but not, but you're giving up some in the arm talent or space? Ben, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Tua. I hope that he is healthy enough for this next level. Just the way that he left college football was just devastating. The injury that he suffered, the crunching, uh, what that happened to him was just amazing. What, what do you think about yeah. him on the next level? I, I, I'm hoping that whatever he had in college, he can bring to the pros. But an injury like that, I don't know if we will see the same Tua. What, what's your evaluation on him? Well, I think a lot of what Tua did – well, I, I called a couple of Bama games and saw him firsthand. Mm-hmm. And there are things that he does and did in the past two seasons that they are they are magic in a way that it's hard to comprehend. To to be scrambling to the right, throw back to the left, and and connect with Henry Ruggs in a window that is just so so tight. There are so many throws of Tua's that are these moments where, as fans, we watch and we go, oh. Whoa! Like you, you're thinking this is disaster, but then in the next instant, it's elation, and that's kind of you see the coach on the sideline saying, "No, no, 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 yes!" At the very end, right? Like, I just wonder, is two of the guy that can the ball bounced the right way a lot of times, or does he is he one of these guys that can do those magic types of throws, the Ben Roethlisberger type throws that you can't imagine? He's going to be able to get away from this sack. You can't imagine he's going to get out of uh, throwing the ball on the run, not in perfect mechanics. Tua has has done that repeatedly at the collegiate level, but it, it, the, the difference is the windows are that much smaller at the pro level. So will he be able to get away with that? Tua is more of a risk-reward D- deb- debate discussion. If you're looking and if you're in a, in a, in a an office of a, or in a team franchise debating him, there's more risk reward. Whereas you look at a, a you know the, what Joe Burrow or, or Justin Herbert or or even Jake Fromm to that extent. To that extent, do you take a, a lower risk but lower ceiling, or do you take a higher risk with a with a bigger bigger ceiling, a higher ceiling as well? This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the ground at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. National champion Ben Hartsock from Series 6M Big Ten Network with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. 
I'm looking forward to seeing some of these running backs come off the board, too. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is right at the top of the list. Uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, also very solid uh, as far as a running back spot. Those two really did some great things for their college, for the Buckeyes and for the Badgers. Yeah, but I'll tell you, the the way that free agency has played out, the depression continues of the value of running backs with the, with the, the deal that Dalvin Cook got out of uh, got out of uh, Minnesota and and just the the fact that Melvin Gordon all of the, all of the the, the numbers that, that running backs are getting and the structure that the new the old CBA and now the use, new CBA continues to have teams own running backs for the all intents and purposes the functioning lifespan of a quarterback or of a, of a running back if you're if you're going to be a first round draft pick you've got a four year contract with an option for a fifth and then you can two consecutive years of franchise and you're 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 seven years you're seven years in, into your NFL career before you really get a true bite at the free agency apple so as as great of as great as I see of these these running backs that are coming out at the at the collegiate level this year, uh, I don't know that there's anybody that's going to be a Zeke. I don't know that there's anybody that's going to be a, a Leonard Fournette. Or you know, it's getting a little be a little bit blasé to say that Leonard Fournette is is even on the class of uh, Ezekiel Elliott. But the the point is, I, I, I had an NFL scout that that taught me the principle of. If you are an offensive lineman and you're six foot seven and three hundred and fifteen pounds, you have to prove that you can't play football. There are a lot of bad guys that play and tackle in the NFL that really aren't that good, but there simply aren't many six foot seven, three hundred and fifteen pound humans on the planet. So you you put those guys in there because that's the requirement to play that position. The, the flip side of that is as a running back, there are millions upon millions of guys five eight to six one. 180 pounds to 230 pounds that are strong, fast, and athletic. So every time, every year we learn about uh, what was it? Two seasons ago it was Kareem Hunt went to Spencer Ware and then went to uh, oh shoot the guy from uh, the, the Chiefs this year that like, his name escapes me. That it's it's the next man up philosophy and and every time that a starter goes down and the backup ends up uh, and the backup ends up thriving it further depresses the value of the running back market because there just simply are so many talented players at that position, and there are just more people that size walking the planet. Ben, uh, we're going to get the uh, college football season on time, right? Right? Oh, man. We talked about that this morning. (laughs) You know what, Jonathan? I tell you, Herb Street comes out, and we all know that Herb Street is kind of the the agreed-upon face of college football, and and when he speaks, the needle moves. And and I've been saying for a while, if they cancel college football season, our country will mobilize and we will march on the Capitol because we are not ready as a society to, to take this. Uh, but but having Kirk Herbstreit say that, I almost the, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that it's almost like the NCAA said, "Listen, Kirk, we need you to say this so that if it does happen." It's not the first time we've heard it. It's almost like they want to. It's, we've seen uh, the, the quarantine process. The leadership has it's come in waves. It's come in phases. They didn't just wake up one day and say uh, uh, movie theaters, gyms, restaurants, uh, hair salons. Everything wasn't closed all in one day. It was rolled out in a 
palatable process so that we didn't go crazy when one fell swoop. I, 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 unfortunately, I get a little bit of the sense that they're trying to just get that thought in the back of our mind. I don't think the decision's been made, but they're covering their bases that if it does have to happen, it doesn't just get the hammer dropped on us unexpectedly. I need my college football, Ben. You know that. I, 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 I don't you know. and me will be marching. We'll be marching on, on Capitol Hill, man. Brother, I, I mean, let me tell you something. Like, if the NBA wants to shut down, like, I'm an NBA fan too, but that's fine. But, you know, by, by the time we roll around with September, I'm already got the itches and kind of having an issue that we won't get spring football. Okay, so you don't have think, that. Think about this. Think about, yeah. like, the 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 tragedy that is happening we, we, this is not undermining that in any stretch but just think of just the sheer logistics of if this if you were going to pick a time of year to have what our world is is experiencing this is the best possible time from a sporting perspective but imagine if if this shutdown happened two-thirds of the th- of the way through Joe Burrow's season last year. Oh, boy. Could, could you simply wrap your head around what this country would have done if in uh, late October, early November, the president stands up and says all sports, and the NCAA says we have to shut this down in the middle of Joe Burrow's season? Think about I mean, we have to remember how much do people hate the SEC in general. But across the board, I work for the Big Ten channel. People were rooting for this kid. It's an Ohio kid, transfer from Ohio State down to LSU. People were rooting for LSU and rooting against Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. Imagine mm-hmm. if they would have shut that down in October or November. Oh, Oof. man, I could not imagine. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, it's about safety first. I totally understand. Like, it's about everyone's safety, and that's first. But, but a close second for me is to get college football on my TV. I, I need that uh, in September. And if, you know, again, we'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm living vicariously through the draft. And everything yeah. I read about college football, and then hopefully we'll have a season. I'm looking forward to it. I, I believe that th- through this, there will be some sort of resourceful or uh, ingenuity will happen, right? Like, it's kind of like what's happening with NASCAR. I, I've enjoyed watching these NASCAR sims. No, I'm not advocating for college football NCAA to come back on, on PlayStation, and that's how we play our college football. <laughs> but I, I think that it's interesting to see – how people are overcoming their lack of sports, uh, and I and I think that that will continue to happen. I think esports is a is p- primed and positioned for monster growth. Uh, but I also know that whenever this is over, the response is going to be epic. Like it is going to be epic in a way I don't even know that we can wrap our heads around. Because absence makes the heart grow fonder, and we are all kind of collectively taking this group time out. And I'm, I'm actually enjoying it. My kids are on spring break. We went on a hike today after my show. Uh, but I do know that when it comes back, it is going to be a party. <laughs> Absolutely. No question about it. Well, Ben, as always, I appreciate your, your insight as we get ready for the draft and hope to talk to you as we get closer to the college football season, whenever that happens. Always enjoy it. Thanks a bunch, man. Ben Hartsock, the national champion from Sirius XM Big Ten Network with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. 
Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Time for Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan Hood with you. Time for Tales from the Hood. We, as of late, have been asking you questions and they're on the Facebook wall, facebook.com. And the question that we're asking you is this. What was or is your favorite board game? Have you played it during your stay-at-home order? Now, keep in mind, that for those that have been quarantined that can't go out, you got to find things to do. I just know that I've been wearing out Madden a ton here. <laughs> I've, uh, you know, what I, I discovered, Tyler, about Madden, and I, I, I guess I, I knew this before, but I tell you what, Trubisky is pretty bad. Have you played Madden? With, I mean, I haven't Trubisky, played with Trubisky. Trubisky, I played against him. I mean, there he he does run out of the pocket. It's, and this is why the, there's brilliance of Madden, right? He runs out of the pocket, but he turns the ball over quickly. Like, his accuracy is terrible. Seems hmm. pretty realistic. <laughs> Good athlete, but inaccurate. Yes. Hmm, maybe maybe the computer run- knew something. I mean, he runs like Wa- the, Deshaun Watson on this game. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he does. I mean, he's run- he runs out of the pocket. He knows where the, where the pressure's coming, but then, like, you make him throw down the field, and, like, it's not even close. Like, it's definitely going to be a turnover. It's not Cutler-esque. It's just that he just doesn't have aim, doesn't have the, the direction. But, so hey, I- UNC quarterback number 10 in NCAA football. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> this is amazing. So, that I mean, it just shows you how accurate yeah, that that guy is on Madden because like okay not only is he having trouble in real life but on Madden they have him exactly the way it should be so again talking about the favorite board game so whether it, I, I, I was looking through went to the basement the hood cave and I was looking through some of the old board games we have not pulled out board games Eric in a long time uh, but I did find one and one of them was indeed Monopoly Ugh. So I have, I, again, another thing I really don't like that everyone likes. I don't want to play a board game for four hours and then end up hating the people next to me because they, oh, they, they I can't pay my rent. You're stealing my houses. I don't know. I've never, I've never, I've like really, how many games? full games of Monopoly have you actually sat through? Well, that's a long time. That's, that's what I mean. Time. It's a haul to finish the whole game. Not in the house that I've lived in, but, but... We have taken board games to. There was a time where we were going during uh, the Dr. King holiday. We'd go to like Michigan and like rent out a house, right? And that it would be with uh, five or six other couples, and that would be a thing because and it would be dealing with real money too. It wouldn't be the fake oh, money. Oh, there you can see that. Oh. I may enjoy. It. I like <laughs> to see the stakes set up. Then, so, so you know the henny's going. And uh, the real money is also flowing. And, That's uh, that, funny. I like yeah, that. We've done that with real money. Um, going to like a little, you know, renting out a place in Michigan, you know, in rural Michigan and staying there for like three, four days. Um, <laughs> we call those ski parties, by the way, even though none of us ski. But they, they are, <laughs> they are ski, ski parties. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it is the annual ski trip we usually have in January in these snow-filled uh, uh, roads uh, in Michigan. And uh, yeah, so real money is doled out in those in the Monopoly game. So I've done that. Let's uh, let's go back in time. Ah, Monopoly. I remember it just like it was yesterday. Parker Brothers kind of fun, brings people together. Delayed. 
Monopoly's been bringing people together for almost 50 years. That's how long we've been wheeling and dealing together, building hotels together, and going to jail together. Warner the market and utilities. You can't lose. Share a smile and your day seems a whole lot better. Parker Brothers kind of fun. Brings people together. Ah, come on, Eric. Now, they sold you right there. Man, I want to be a jingle writer. I want to go back 40 years and just write jingles. That's all I want to do. They're great. <laughs> Don't you see? That, that, that is, I've been trying to tell him this, Tyler, for a long time. That What you're playing right there is my childhood. Like those old commercials, right? Because those commercials had the best jingles or had some of the best taglines, that's why they're still popular today. That, that music circles. is so catchy. I mean, those mu- those music uh, jingles. I mean, they still kind of they still kind of resonate today. No, I think they, they could work they today. Do. They like make you smile and they, they, they hit a little bit. See? I gotcha. See, what do you what, what do you think McDonald's is still in business? Exactly. They, they, I mean, it's one thing to be the golden arches and there's one on every corner, but it had to be something that was catchy in the commercial that what makes you want to get a Big Mac. You know, yeah. I mean, so some of these other burger chains didn't have the catchy jingle or the great commercial that you saw every other commercial set on television and made you insist like Monopoly. But like, I don't think there's any commercials for board games now. But during that time, though, it's like, yeah, yeah Monopoly. It brings people together. Bam. Right there. Yeah. Sold. Mm-hmm. And divides families. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is true. the banker you know is cheating? Oh, Smuggling be- a couple extra hundreds. <laughs> well, that certainly was the case in the games I played as an adult. <laughs> not the kids. Not, not the kids' right. uh, Monopoly, no. But as an adult, that adult Monopoly, yes. Put that on the poll at ESPN 1000. Would you play Monopoly uh, with real money on the line? <laughs> I've never even heard of that before, but that's that's a great way to play. <laughs> it gets a little itchy. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It gets a little itchy after a while. A lot of cussing and a, and a lot more Hennessy. Um, Dig into the savings. <laughs> all of a sudden, credit cards start putting out there. Now you need. Now you're looking for credit. Right, right. Oh, all right, fine, boy. fine. The car's on the line. Put the keys out. I'll take the car for your park place right now. <laughs> all of a sudden, car keys are sitting there in park place. Like, oh man, now it's getting real, pal. Did you miss them? Um, so, um, so I'm looking at the list, right? What was or is your favorite board game? Arturo says Yahtzee. I don't remember. Uh, I might have played that. Yahtzee um, is the dice game. Dice game with the cup. Yeah. Believe Three of a kind, it. straights. Yahtzee's fine. Yahtzee's fun. It's a long time since I played that. Um, so Bob Pollard has a list of them here. He has um, Would You Rather, which is a lie. Was that, was that a board game or is that stolen from... From Sylvie. I don't know. I've never heard of it as a board game. <laughs> I, think Bob, I think Bob Pollard's pulling my leg there. I think that's a real <laughs> Somewhere Sylvie's going to be mad if that, that was a board game and he didn't know about it. Wait a minute. Is that a board game? Would you rather want to? Uh, I don't think he'll be very happy with that. Um, let's see. Okay, so here's one. So Trivial, Trivial Pursuit Family Edition. Let's go back in time for that. Would my esteemed colleague kindly repeat the question? Gladly, Senator. What time does Wee Willie Winky run through the town? Trivial Pursuit. It's more than a game. It's a national obsession. It's here. Big Bird! It's there. It's everywhere. And the fun keeps coming. 
trivial pursuit because every American is entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of trivia. From South Show and Writer. <laughs> That's a tough one. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of trivial. Now, here's another lesson for you. Okay, I was, I don't know, we never had Trivial Pursuit here at the crib. That wasn't going to happen. No. I love Trivial Pursuit. Never played it here. But I've never played thing. it either. Here's, here's a selling point, though. Okay, if, even if you didn't, the voiceover guy got you, right? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. He's already throwing questions out in the commercials. So you're like, oh, what's the answer? What's the answer? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, and this is where there are going to be so many marketing heads, right? These guys that walk in with their cup of coffee and they work a nine to five trying to figure out what slogan can we get to help our business? What can we do to help our, our dot com? What, what, what's the idea? Well, you need a great voiceover guy and you just need some old snappy guy that did in the past that gives you the tagline. That's where the money comes in. That's all it takes. I love Trivial Pursuit. Like when nothing, because like the way you do it is every time you get a question right in a category, you get like a piece of pie and you have to fill out this whole pie with all the different categories. It's just nothing. Like it's so rewarding just setting that one right in the little pie. (laughs) I love pie. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) I love pie. Joe Bell says Risk was a favorite uh, many years ago. Risk, God, again, was as a kid, don't remember that that well, but I remember playing it. Um, Kimberly Joe Cotton says Scramble. Uh, scra- she says Scrabble. Trying to teach the kids to beat me. They're 10 and 12, so it's been fine. <laughs> the kids don't play Scrabble. They play words with friends now. <laughs> Scrabble is my favorite. That's my top board game is Scrabble. Really? I love Scrabble. It's hard. It's, it's like, I like games with strategies. Fan, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a big Scrabble I used to play fan. with my mom all the time, yeah. Scrabble, I remember playing it, and you're right. Um, I'm looking at this now. Yeah, words with friends is the thing now. Yeah, that's what it's turned into. It's our trash talking to you on that thing. <laughs> oh yeah, I had a problem with word with friends because like they would allow things that I'm pretty sure aren't words go through, and I used to get so fed up with it that I just gave up with it. <laughs> that thing I haven't played that in like in about a year or so. I'm gonna get back on there again, but in, it's attached to Facebook, so now all your Facebook yeah. friends mm-hmm. want to play you too. Like, sir, I don't know you, and yeah. if I lose, and if I lose to you, now you'll tell everybody exactly. That you You're beat gonna the, screenshot it. And <laughs> get out of here. You beat Jonathan Hood. Because he doesn't know words. Um, that won't work. Strategio uh, is one. I've heard it of it. I don't know. That was my favorite growing up because... It was? Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's capture the flag in a board game. And ah. I loved capture the flag growing up. That was my favorite schoolyard game. So when you put it into a board game... A lot of hours logged there. I was going to say, is it like Risk, where it's like a f- all-day type thing? You've got uh, No, it's not all day. Okay. Definitely not all day. A uh, couple hours I, you could play, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of strategy, too. See, it's not it's not uh, on our level, Eric. No, yeah. I think that's above my head here. See, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. Guys like simple guys like you and I. Right. That was like risk. I could never do risk either. <laughs> I, I, I can't fight a war on multiple fronts. Who do you think I am? <laughs> 
Keith and Daniel, they both weigh in and say Monopoly. Um, Ed Bloom, oh, sorry. I'm a big big sorry guy. Oh, okay. Sorry's fun. Sorry, big time sorry guy and first time caller. Big time <laughs> friend of Ed Bloom says sorry in Trivial, trivial Pursuit. Uh, Sam Nardi says Mousetrap. Oh. Haven't played that in a long time. Yep. See, Mousetrap was awesome. Quality. The first time you played it, and then every other time you're missing at least five pieces. <laughs> like, there's no way you can open that game multiple times and be able to set it all up. That's so funny. No <laughs> way. The game was Mouse fun, trap. though. Yeah. Remember that very well. Um, and we never even had mice at the house. Let me see. Oh, uh, somebody says um, Operation. Justin says Operation. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Do that over drinks. Oh, man. That actually would be a lot of fun. You buzz, you take a shot. Yeah, yep. That's, that's a, a good, game. That could totally turn into a drinking game. See, that's the thing. Like, as you grow older with your wife, you can bring these things back, and everything could be a drinking game or gambling. You really could. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you modernize it a little bit more. You make it a little bit more adult themed. That's how you do those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get in with these other couples, and all of a sudden it becomes a YouTube series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I think. That's I think, funny. I, I think that's good stuff. Let me see what else are we? The, oh yes, oh yes. Uh, a game I was never good at. Um, and if you listen to me for a long time, you know this. A uh, clue. clue. I love Clue. Yeah. been a murder. Only daddy is. It's a classic game of Clue. Who done it? Where they done it? And with which weapon they uh, done it with? I say it was in the kitchen with the wrench by Miss Carlos. <laughs> He's dead and alive, Remy, with a bloody lead pipe. Night, night. Oh, right. The killer is Mr. Green. Well, it could have been someone else. The game of Clue. And now there's Clue mystery puzzles. Solve puzzling crimes piece by piece. <laughs> I wasn't patient enough to play Clue. I've always liked Clue. Clue to me was a fun one. I enjoy the murder mystery of it. I've always liked Clue now that I think about it. I haven't played that in a long time, though. So now you got to bring it out. Now you know those thing- things are cheap, like on Amazon or whatever. They've right? got to be pretty easy to uh, find. While everyone is also looking for toilet paper, you can just get yourself a clue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for about seven, eight bucks. <laughs> and, and just bring it out. It's like, hey, and just find out if other couples have played these games. And then, boom, you got a night. You know what I've been, my, my wife and I have been doing, it's a monthly thing. And it's a murder mystery in each. So it's like, it's like an episode thing. So there'll be six months total. And, like, the first one, we get, like, all right, this is the murder that happened. Here's the witness statements. And a bunch of, and each week, like, we have to eliminate a suspect. Or not each week. Each month, we eliminate a suspect. And we're, like, the private detectives in this actual murder case. And we're reading evidence and autopsies and all sorts of different stuff like that. It's passing the time well. It takes, like, to solve, like, the one box for the month, it probably takes a good three hours to, like, actually get to it. And... Like, one of them, he's like, you have to go to the Facebook page. And, like, one of the answers is on the clock on one of the pictures in Facebook. Like, it's really interwoven. It's cool. I like that. See, I like that. Is Michael Lamont with us? Hey, how are you doing? What's up, Mike? Welcome to Under the Hood. So we're talking about board games because during this quarantine, I went to the basement and and found some old uh, board games from back in the day. What was your favorite? You know Actually, recently in the last couple of years, there's been kind of like a resurgence in board games. They've gotten really popular, and there's some really cool ones um, that are called social deduction games. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, what she spoke about earlier with the murder mystery kind of stuff. Uh, I'd suggest something called Mysterium. 
uh, and uh, Deception Murder in Hong Kong. And it's basically like it ta- it's maybe like a two hour game. And one person's sort of like an investigator. And the everybody else that's playing the game is trying to figure out who did the murder. And a lot of it is one person's the murderer in the crowd. And they're trying to trip up everybody else and uh, fake them out while everybody else in the group is voting off people uh, in the middle of the game. So I would suggest those two. Those two are, are pretty fun. I like that. I'm glad you checked in, my friend. I appreciate it. I'll see this on Amazon right here, Eric, if you want. A Mysterium is what it's called, right? Mysterium, 44 bucks. Yeah, there we go. That's cheap. Sign me box. up for box. hours of entertainment. Yeah, it's a big box. Um, <laughs> Tyler, I, we, you can't afford it, but we can buy it for you if you'd care to. Thanks. <laughs> I'll, I'll make an Amazon wish list for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I want put me on your Amazon wish list. I want to have this and I want to have that. Buy it for me. This is my cash app. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to hit you on your cash app? Is that what you like, Tyler? More of a Venmo like? guy, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, I beg your pardon. And that is Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000. Um, a, a big question about television during this quarantine time. Uh, I want to put this on the poll eventually at ESPN 1000, but I want to get your thoughts on something I did over the weekend. Is it thumbs up or thumbs down the way I did it? We'll talk about it next right here on UTH. You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. We'll hear from Stacy King, Chicago Bulls color analyst, coming up at 9.02. We'll get his thoughts on... What's what's he doing? Is the NBA returning? We'll talk to Stacy coming up front of the program, the three-time NBA champion at uh, nine oh two. Also, Luke Yaklich is the new head coach for the UIC Flames from the state of Illinois, the LaSalle, Peru area. We'll get uh, Coach Yaklich's thoughts about his new team, the UIC Flames, coming up at nine thirty-five right here on ESPN one thousand. I see that the NCAA has decided not to grant athletes from winter sports, including basketball, an extra year of eligibility due to the coronavirus. So, Tyler, so never mind about the basketball guys, but baseball and all the other spring sports, you're good. But basketball, no. That ain't right. It's interesting for sure. It's a definitely a tough thing to figure out. It's complex in that regard. But I also think, too, I mean, you're the NCAA. You've got all this money, and, and it really boils down to what the universities want to do at this point. And it feels like they're the ones that maybe took a step back and, and didn't want that because, okay, now we're complicating scholarships and stuff like that. Why don't you just grandfather these players in? And that, that's the thing to me that made the most sense. I mean, for I get why they're doing it with the spring sports because spring sports, there's a number of athletes that really aren't under scholarship. I think baseball only has a little over or about a dozen per per team, but basketball you're looking at pretty much full rosters. However, I, I do say this: winter sport athletes make up the fewest amount between spring, fall, and winter. Winter is by far and away the fewest. So you're making the the least amount of exception there. Yeah, but just so NCAA, 
it's just a close the door on the basketball and the, and the fall sports. And if and we saw, say fall and winter sports, we're talking about basketball. That's, right. that's it. And Especially, you know, and then everyone else is okay. I don't I don't like that. I I think it's got to be one or the other, quite frankly. And you got to remember this too. They're acting like this is going to be an 100 percent participation rate in okay, say a senior graduates or a player who maybe has a chance to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be an 100 percent participation rate in this scholarship, quote unquote, buyback. In a sense, it's just not going to be like that. Some players are going to want to go get their jobs. Some are want to go want to go make money and be a pro. It's not going to be a hundred percent. No, it won't. Uh, so, once again, yes, yet another disconnect I have with the NCAA with another ruling. But they made one. Just again, I'm just against it. I don't, I don't like that. So I, I need a ruling. And Eric, you had to put this on the poll eventually at ESPN 1000. So over the weekend. I was binge watching some shows, and the thing is, is that I don't know how long this pandemic's going to last. We all don't know. I don't. I don't care what you see at the White House or what doctors are saying. I, I can. I'm more concerned with the doctors say because they're the medical experts. They can tell us where where the curve is going with this. So I'm more concerned about the information that we get, the solid medical information. But it's kind of like I don't know. It's. It, I think I overdid it with Ozark on uh, on Netflix. I think I should, should I be watching that just once a week or should I just be binge watching it? Because I'm halfway through that thing. And I know me, I enjoy that show so much. I can't wait to hit the play button again. Once it's over, it's over. That's really smart. Cause, but then what though? I know. No, I'm saying like, it's smart to stretch it out. I didn't think about that. Cause right now I'm catching up on Westworld, but why do I have to worry about catching up? I should just once a week watch. We're on season two. And then get to season three whenever we get to season three. Because right now, you're right. We have got to fill time. We have got to stretch. <laughs> like we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're doing right now. I, um, God, I don't know why I haven't thought of that. But then again, what are you going to do the rest of your day? It's like rationing food, right? <laughs> right. You want to be, you're trying to ration out your, your television, too. And I'm, I feel like well, i got to slow down on this Ozark because... I'm really into it. It's I'm really good it's so far. I think yeah. I'm three in, three episodes in. Oh, it's, it's tremendous. It's great. It's tremendous. There is a little bit of an Illinois, Missouri flavor to it. So, and I've never spent a lot of time in the Ozarks, but just it's it's very interesting. And I'm a Bateman fan. I like Jason Bateman. So I um, I think I better stop for a while because like after the show, I could just see myself going right back in that thing and finishing off the next four, five, six episodes. And then 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 what? Right. I think you got to break it up and play some Madden after each game or something like that. It's a good point. <laughs> Is it like the other show? What was the other show? Davis mentioned this. Uh, Cherish the Love. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Cherish the Day. Cherish the Day, this show that's on that's on um, the Oprah Network. And so I was watching that. Like It's a, kind of a love story between a couple that's trying to figure things out. They... they Want to get married? The woman's not sure yet. You know, the man is pissed off about it, and they're going back and forth and all that. And so I watched like on Saturday, like five episodes of that. I'm like, well, wait, there's only like six left. Yes, I, I think I have, do. You ration your food like you ration your your television because I don't want to just zip through these things and say like because people have said, oh, I've watched all the Netflix. No, there's a lot more to watch. I have not watched Tiger King yet. Oh, you're in for a treat. Have you seen the whole thing? I th- that's what my last two days have been. <laughs> okay, for better or for worse. I gotta watch that. I gotta watch it just for the culture, right? It's yeah. TV on crack. It's yeah. what it is. Okay, 
I have not seen that. Might be so. crack on TV, actually, <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> so i got to watch that. Um, we will talk uh, some basketball with a uh, friend of the program, Stacy King, that's next in two minutes right here on UTH.